Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the John of All Trades Podcast, episode 244. I'm your host, John X. Thank you for joining us. Glad to have you back once again. It is my sixth anniversary show right now. You are listening to it. Thank you for being with me this whole time. If you have been, if you're hearing me for the first time right now, thank you for tuning in. I do this show for you. Is it weird that I thought to myself, this is the longest I have ever done anything outside of maybe school in my entire life? Certainly, the longest I've ever done anything in my professional life, in my adult life, now more than ever. Given what is going on as a society, I am reminded of the importance of shows like this, where we connect with each other, deepen our empathy, express our humanity, and have a few laughs along the way. So I've got a special treat for you for my sixth anniversary show. I'm thrilled to bring it to you. It's Nerf from KTCL. He's the program director. He's an on-air personality. He is the creator of Punk Tacos, probably my favorite thing that has ever existed on radio ever. And I thought, how am I going to celebrate my six-year anniversary? And I kicked around a few ideas, but I go, what are some of my favorite things? Punk rock, radio, Denver. Who else can I talk to? It's Nerf. So, first, a thank you to Kathy Walker from KOA for hooking this up. She is the news director there. I had her on the show, I don't know, what, a year ago? And she was just terrific. A lovely, lovely person, a talented professional, and just a joy to be around. I sent her an email saying, hey, can you introduce me to Nerf? Because I probably could have cold called him. I probably could have pitched him. But, you know, a warm introduction is a little bit easier. And within, like, five minutes, she had already forwarded the email. Nerf had already responded. There's lovely people working at iHeart. So in addition to these two, I've also had Scoop from KBPI. And it's funny, I bring this up in the episode. When I was in college, I was a little bit self-righteous about, you know, corporate media, man. (laughs) Radio should be free and local and not corporate and blah, 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 whatever. I think my heart was in the right place, but it was just a little bit misplaced. Anyway... Nerf plays such an important role in shaping the sound of Denver. KTCL is the number one station in Denver and has been for the last several years. It's frequently the number one alternative radio station in the country. And so much of the credit goes to Nerf and his team. So on this week's episode, what I wanted to do was dig into that. What's his philosophy for creating the sound of KTCL? How did Punk Tacos come to be? Because, good God, if you have HD radio and you're a punk fan, and if you haven't listened to Punk Tacos yet, you are missing out because it is spectacular. Nowhere else on the radio are you going to hear, like, Lagwagon and Face to Face and TSOL and Guttermouth and Make War and all these cool bands that don't get any mainstream radio play. You're going to find them all on Punk Tacos. The station imaging is fantastic, too. I just adore the entire aesthetic. Like I said, I'm fanboying a little bit here, but I don't care. This is my sixth anniversary show. I'm going to celebrate it, damn it, and I hope you do too. Because now that we're all here, quarantined in our homes, we need connection more than ever, which is why I do this show. I do it for you. I want you to feel like you are sitting right there with me and Nerf as we talk. Get yourself a cocktail, get yourself a cup of coffee, whatever it is, whatever time of day it is. Maybe you're a highly functioning alcoholic and you want to drink in the morning. I'm in no position to criticize that right now. Or maybe you're some sort of psychopath like my old boss and would be on like his eighth cup of coffee at three o'clock in the afternoon. I'm like, how do you even sleep? That And your breath is horrifying, by the way. Gross. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it sounds like I'm doing a Richard Marks lyric here. I'm not. But wherever you are, whatever you're doing, let's connect. I see pictures on Facebook of all of you doing your virtual happy hours. I think I have one scheduled for tonight as I record this, which is fun. We all need connection. And that's what this show is about. Let's learn a little bit about each other. Let's tell some fun stories. Let's laugh. Let's deepen our empathy. Let's get together. And I've been privileged enough to do that for you for six years, and I could not be prouder of that fact. But it only happens because of you. So if you've downloaded an episode of my show, if you've hit like on Facebook, if you've retweeted me, if you've liked it on LinkedIn, if you've reached out to me because you've heard my show, reached out to me and asked me to produce your podcast, I have three that I am producing remotely. That is validation for my entire professional existence, and I feel so blessed, so grateful, and I love you for it. 
So thank you for letting me be a part of your life. And while I'm on the gratitude train, let's throw out a few other thank yous. First of all, thank you to my wife, because I started this show when she was pregnant with our first child nearly six years ago. No, actually, exactly six years ago. Hello. What am I even talking about? And I knew if I didn't start it then, I would never do it. And so once our daughter was born, I thought, okay, I need to know how to do this. I cannot be learning how to do this after she's born because my time is going to be at a premium. And our careers have taken ups and downs over the last six years, but she's always supported me in this. And the way that it's paying off now is huge. Like I said, I'm producing other podcasts. I never expected this show to make money on its own. It still doesn't, and I don't really care about that. I don't need it to. I want it to exist as this cool thing that you all enjoy and sort of unburdened by ads. If I start running ads on this thing, you'll know I am wildly, wildly successful with it. But it all comes back to my wife. So, Kristen, thank you for your support in doing this show. Thank you for being my consigliere. Thank you for being the guest on episode 200. And basically, thanks for everything. Thanks also to 4 Degrees. My sponsor, the number 4, D-E-G-R-E dot E-S. Been with me since the very beginning. And recently, I have had to call on them quite a bit for tech support. My site kept getting hacked. It would be shut down for days at a time, but they were always there to pick up the pieces and help me. So, Zach, thank you for your sponsorship. Thank you for being a part of the show. You helped this thing go. And thank you to the 250-plus people who have sat down with me. That is staggering to me. The fact that I get to sit down and have a great conversation with that many people is amazing. What a gift. What a blessing. And I've got even more in the can following this because now more than ever, as I said, we need this. And people are looking for avenues to connect. So that's me. I've got the best damn show in Denver, and I've proved that over the last six years, and I'm going to continue proving it to you in the years to come. And I cannot wait to bring you more content. So that's it for me. Let's get to this week's episode. And a quick clarification before we do. I recorded this last week. So what I say in the early going about preschool still being open is obviously no longer true. The entire state is on lockdown right now. None of the schools are open. Both of my daughters are here. My wife is here. She's working from home. When I recorded this, it was even different just less than a week ago. It's crazy how fast things are moving. But beyond that, conversation I have with Nerf, you've got to stick around for his story about Guar frontman Dave Brocky. It put me on my ass, and when I think about it now, I still laugh about it. We talk about Nerf's favorite shows that he's promoted, favorite shows that he's not promoted. We talk a ton of cool bands. We talk about radio in Denver. We talk about radio across the country. And he likens it to tap water. So it's there when you need it. So support your local radio. It matters. It's one of those things that if it goes away, I don't think there's anything ready to step in and replace it. form that we have it is vital and needed and just a delight to listen to as well. So episode 244, the sixth anniversary special of the John of All Trades podcast, features Nerf from 93.3 KTCL as well as Punk Tacos. And his episode starts right now. Kind of a combination. I'm, uh, I'm going in at this point to do my shift until I've got uh, uh, a setup where I can actually do it from here. Uh, but yeah, they, they, we haven't quite uh, solved all the issues yet, so we're, we're still working on it, but hopefully I'll be broadcasting from my basement here in, uh, in a couple of days. It's like pirate radio style. Oh, I know. Yeah. And it's funny too, because like a lot of the jocks uh, at other stations are saying like, Oh, we're not into that. You know, we want to sound like totally pro and all this. And like, you know, we're all kind of casual at, at TCL. And all. <laughs> like, no, I, I want to tell people I'm broadcasting from my basement because they're probably living in their basement right now. <laughs> right. KTCL, Denver, Boulder, Wheat Ridge, Nerf's basement. Nerf's basement, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny, man. Okay, so obviously this is Nerf from KTCL, and uh, we were going to do this face-to-face, but, man, things change, and they change quickly, don't they? Man, it's crazy, huh? It's just, uh, I can't count the times I've said the word unprecedented in the last, like, two years. <laughs> you know, it's just been insane. It's, it's an unprecedented uh, amount of times you've said unprecedented. Exactly, exactly. It's like I'm getting paid per word or something. This is nuts. Yeah, no joke. I mean, I, I asked my parents who were in their 70s about this, and they said, no, nothing nothing compares to this. I mean, sort of the Kennedy administration, but everyone was allowed to still be with each other. Or not uh, administration, assassination. A little bit of 
But, you know, the, the isolation aspect of this is insane. Yeah, it's, and it's interesting seeing the disparity in people's experience. I keep seeing all these uh, single people posting about at the isolation and how, uh, like, you know, it's, it's weird for them what they're binge-watching and all this stuff. And those of us with kids uh, who are now thrown in our lap because BPS is, uh, is closed, you know, uh, we're, I've never worked harder in my life. It's like there's not oh, a dude. dull moment here. I'm like, uh, I'm trying to get work done, trying to, like, uh, you know, help my wife get her work done, and it's just, like, it's just chaos. Oh, dude, I'm so with you because I have a 3-year-old and a 5-year-old. And yep. so the five-year-old's home, obviously. The three-year-old goes to this, like, private, you know, daycare, preschool kind of thing. They're still open, actually. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. The the preschools, I actually read recommendations where, like, they said preschools should stay open. And I'm like, okay, like, I, I'm going to trust the experts here. It feels weird. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> yeah. like, I didn't want to drop her off this morning. I mean, I did and I didn't because, you know, you, you have kids. Three is a very intense age. Yeah, yeah, three is intense. I mean, do you when you pick them up, you just like spray them down with Purell, like it's going out of style, or what? Yeah, no, we do we do the Shawshank Redemption thing, you know, move to the front of the cage, <laughs> turn around, <laughs> the Silkwood shower. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, uh, just hose them down, put some delouser on them, and uh, you know they're they're good to go. But uh, exactly. <laughs> No, they're doing a pretty good job there. I mean, this is the first day back. We had to travel in the midst of all this because on Wednesday, what was insane was we land in Phoenix to visit my mother-in-law and we're watching the Nuggets game from this restaurant. And like in the middle of that game is when they announced the rest of the NBA season is suspended. And we go, "Uh oh, that's not good. We have to fly again in like six days. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, one of my jocks is uh, is in Arizona right now. He's gonna fly back on Saturday, and I'm just like, I, man, I don't know. I don't know if it was worth it to, uh, for that. You know, just like I don't know if any vacation's worth it right now. Like, it's just nuts out there. No, for sure. I, I mean, flying on Southwest, the plane was less than half full, and the entire thing smelled strongly of Clorox wipes. Good. So, so you know we're we're just kind of crossing our fingers and doing our best, and now we're we're hunkered down at the house. So that, yeah, yeah, wow, ah, nutty times, man. Yeah, sure. no, no joke. So right up front, I got to tell you this. Um, I want to say thank you for the sound of KTCL, and more recently for Punk Tacos because that is my favorite thing that has been on the radio ever. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Like the, the punkers kind of come out of the woodworks. Uh, and uh, every once in a while, I, I meet somebody that's into punk tacos because it's like it's not you know it's such a niche. It's like oh, you know, totally. I never never thought it was going to be like you know oh they're going to set radio on fire and like you know like it, I, I you know I didn't worry about like KT like you know becoming second banana at a punk tacos you know <laughs> right <laughs> like uh, but it's just this passion project and uh, and it's awesome to hear people that actually have like discovered it and, and enjoy it and it's. Um, you know, definitely it's been a lot of fun to put it together. And like, unfortunately it's, it's kind of like my neglected child, you know, like a, a lot of times I have, you know, stuff that I have to kind of handle for TCL and don't get around to getting to, to stuff that I should handle with punk tacos, but right, man. And, but every once in a while when I do, I sit down and like, you know, just kind of go down a rabbit hole of having a blast, like adjusting the music and putting new stuff on and like, you know, just finding bands from some little enclave of punk rock that I didn't know existed. You know, it's a uh, it, punk rock is cool because it exists in these little microcosms. Totally. Like, if you know, you know a lot about the Southern California scene, you may not know anything about the East Coast scene, uh, Canadian scene, Cleveland scene. Like, and it's just like, it, it, some of those are just totally insular and, and like, don't, uh, don't mingle with other scenes. There's a giant scene in Florida, you know, it's like, it's just kind of really uh, been educational for me. Uh, and I, I thought I knew a lot about punk rock and, and then I started digging into this. There's it was, it was just like, it's a never ending Pandora's box of just like it, stuff you can discover. And there's, there's been some great bands that way. Oh dude, totally. And what's funny is I discovered it by accident when I had a rental car. <clears throat> like I didn't, so my car is a 2007. I don't have HD radio. And so I've figured, I've tried to figure out how to get it into my own car. My wife's car has it, thankfully. So whenever we're in her car, 
that's what's going. And, you know, it's it's a little weird. You got your kids in the backseat and gutter mouth comes on. And, <laughs> and you go, well, this, this may not be aesthetically exactly for you, but these girls also, their favorite song right now is Bad Guy, the cover uh, by The Interrupters. Nice. Yeah, they they call it jumping bad guy because we'll watch the video on YouTube. Very cool. Yeah, but and they're all jumping. I uh, I can totally picture it. <laughs> so, but yeah, so I discovered it by accident, and then I'm like, wow, what is this? This like this is allowed to exist in the world. I get to hear like TSOL and Pennywise on the radio, like or one band that uh, I was introduced to on Punk Tacos was Make War, which yeah, God, yeah. they got a great sound, and it it makes me feel about punk rock. The way I, I like there's this visceral sort of joy that I that I would feel when I was younger that happens less and less now because you get exposed to more. But I go, oh, man, this one just hits me right where I live. And I I don't know that I would have found them otherwise. Yeah. It, it, like, do you have uh, do you have any siblings? No, none. Oh, wow. See, that one hits me because it's like the, the whole thing is kind of like a, a letter from one brother to, to the other. Uh, which is why I tell their brother, and it's like just all about like you know I want you to like have a bigger and better life than I did, and like you know just kind of like uh, like follow your dreams, all this cool stuff, and it's like you know I I, I listen to that with uh, uh, my kids, and I, I was driving along, and I'm like uh, you know Are you guys gonna write songs to each other one day, you know <laughs> like I hope you guys are always that close and that cool, you know like. Uh, like start a band and follow your dreams and don't tell, let anybody tell you you can't and all that stuff. And that's, it's really cool. And I like, actually, I think um, I'm trying to remember who it was, but somebody that's on a fat records band discovered them. It was Lawrence uh, arms. Lawrence arms. Yeah. Okay. That's right. Yeah. And, uh, and they, uh, and which yeah, I think I found out about from that label. And like, I was like, Oh, I'm going to check this out. And they're from like all over the place. They like met up in Brooklyn. Oh, totally. But like, from, yeah, they're like from uh, uh, South America and like uh, and a whole bunch of uh, countries around the world. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's, there's just nothing not cool about that band. It's just no, like, totally. It's a great story. Well, yeah, it's funny. I think on their bio page, it says we're all from shithole countries. And yeah, yeah. One, one of them's like Venezuela. Another one is, uh, I want to say like Guatemala or something. And the other one's from Florida. <laughs> I said that in my break. I was like, oh, shit, all countries like Venezuela, Guatemala, and Florida. Right. <laughs> Works perfectly. Yeah, no, and uh, like that's such a like punk rock ethos, which is fantastic. I mean, you know, coming from Fat, I think about like Fat Mike back in what was that, like the early 2000s doing the Punk Voter Project and yeah. uh, like Rock Against Bush and all that stuff. And that was just so cool, you know? And yeah. And I loved Rise Against because Rise Against has pretty staunch political beliefs and, you know, are, are pretty far left. But I saw them at a show once and they go, look, guys, it doesn't matter what we believe. Just get involved. Find something you care about and vote and get out there and, and like, stand up for the causes that you think are right. You know, that's I've a message to a point. That, but Yeah, I've always thought that there was a point at which you tip over an edge when you're talking about your political political beliefs. Uh, like I mean, the punk rock ethos has always been kind of think for yourself, right? Like, right. Uh, and don't don't just like take what people say at face value and and like uh, you know kind of dig in and get involved in like you know, but use your brain. Uh, and then like, but if you kind of like rail on certain points or push in any single direction with uh, with with your you know what you're putting out there in the world too much. It's like, you know, now you're starting to go across the line from think for yourself to think like you, you know, right, right. And it's like, a, and I kind of feel like there's a, a, a trap. I like, I remember seeing Jello Biafra's spoken word oh, God. And, and like, and I think it's at the beginning of it, he said something to the effect of like, you know, like you got to think for yourself and like, don't, the, you know, and and like, and spat that out. But then it went on for four hours and I'm just like. <laughs> At the end of four hours, there's just no way you can be telling me to think for myself. It's like I got that in the first five minutes, Jello. You know, it's like, uh, you know, it's like at that point you're telling me to think like you. Know, it's four hours in. I, you know, and I, that, that occurred to me, and now I kind of like I'm aware of it. Like, uh, you know, with uh, with fans that kind of go a little too hard in any one direction. So yeah, I, and like, and the Rise Against guys will tell you that like they stop short of like really cementing their opinions. They leave it yeah. poetic enough that you can kind of translate your own, uh, um, you know, final point. 
rather than taking theirs, which I think is is smart. You know, like sometimes I feel like that's a little bit non-committal, but like at the same time, uh, you know, I, I think that if you're assuming what they mean, then it's probably what you mean. You know, right. at that point. Well, I mean, it's which like. Is fun. It's like any great song where it's it's paradoxically both universal and totally personal. Yeah. You know, it's something that everyone kind of goes, yeah, you know, I relate to that. But on a personal level, you're, you're allowed to imprint your own experience and make it whatever it is to you. And, like, that's such a tough needle to thread. And yeah. I think Rise Against does it really, really beautifully. I, I actually wrote my master's thesis about them up at CSU. Um, them and oh Yellow Card. Wow. Yeah, them and Yellow Card, actually. Um, Dude, that makes me feel so good because, uh, like, yeah, I don't know if you knew this, but TCL was uh, like the first station to play them, and uh, we 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 broke right against. Oh, tight. So, like, I, I'm be that part uh, of you do a band you cared enough about to do a senior thesis on. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh man, I love them, and you know they record up there a lot. So yeah. Uh, so like the connection was really great. Uh, Yellow Card was like one of the first big interviews I did. That was actually where I met Tony Sly. Because I was working college radio at the time, and there was this show in like 2003, and it was no use for a name. Oh God, someone else, the Eyeliners and Yellow Card, and uh, it was a great show. Right. So, oh man, and uh, I think I may have, I may have unintentionally made expectations too high for Tony Sly for what Good Times is, be, because I compared it to In and Out Burger, and he goes, "Oh really." And I'm like, I, I tried to walk it back. <laughs> and so That's awesome. when, I, when I think about Tony Slay, I'm like, boy, I hope that burger was at least decent. <laughs> um, That's pretty funny. But yeah, was, you know what? The, this is, this is how crazy about Colorado I am, man. I'm like, I, I'll take good times. Well, actually, I don't even, even eat meat anymore, but like, you know, I <laughs> right. uh, like thinking back to when I did, I would take a good times burger over an In-N-Out burger any day, man. I went to uh, college in California and like, uh, and you know, they, I just, I feel like that burger is so overrated mm. that like Californians go nuts for them. I'm like, that patty is tiny. That patty is like, you, you couldn't <laughs> set your drink on it. I'm like, what is that about? You know, it's like, and the fries are terrible. They're like shoestring potatoes. It's like the whole overall experience is like, you know, I don't know, maybe visually striking in there, but that's like the best thing I can say about it. Cause I think the food is like way overrated. Wow. Hot take coming from Nerf. I, uh... Yeah, I'm going to get so many emails about that from <laughs> Californians right now. <laughs> yeah, well, people get really uh, people get really provincial about this. I think Whataburger is overrated in Texas, so... Um... Yeah, I, I like one when I'm down there, you know. Actually, like, like I said, back when I ate meat. Um, sure. But, like, uh, uh, they, they always put a lot of mustard on it, which is kind of an interesting take, but, uh, you know... <laughs> That's a choice, a, yeah. I don't think it's good for the regs. No, for sure. So... You, like me, are a Colorado kid. Yeah. Littleton, right? Yeah, yeah. I uh, went to Wilder Elementary, Goddard Middle School, and then uh, Littleton High. Okay. So I was uh, I was at Golden High School, so not too far up the road there. And then, yeah, went to CSU, worked at KCSU. That's where I fell in love with terrestrial radio and still do. Like, I, I love it. Anytime I can talk to radio folks. I mean, Kathy Walker was nice enough to hook us up here. But Yeah, yeah, which is... Which is why I did not expect to be talking about KOA, one of the most renowned news stations in the country. Like I, I thought this was going to be kind of a serious like business radio type of conversation. <laughs> I had no idea what I was in for. Yeah, no, um, no. I mean, I I love radio. I love. I'm I'm just an old punk dad at this point. And I mean, I've been listening to you for what feels like my entire life now. And so talking to you on the phone, like it sounds exactly the same, but I'm like, wow, I get to, to use a rise against reference. I get to be the audience of one here, which is tremendous. <laughs> totally, man. It's a, yeah, no, I, I, it, I think a lot of times that like, it, by the way, thanks for making me feel real old right there. But, uh, like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> my apologies. I think one one thing I love about KTCL and about my staff and uh, about like you know having this much history uh, in town and uh, on the radio here is um, that that you know we are part of the, the kind of culture out here and and while that kind of raises a level of significance for people and people are like oh my god that's you know that's Beelarge that's Nerf that's Nick Cage you know like mm -hmm. that's whatever and, like it's also I love the disarming quality of like just how totally normal and approachable we all are at the end of the day. 
uh, you know, it's like you never like, I mean, I, I love meeting people that listen to the station and love like talking to people and like sitting down at, at an airport bar next to somebody and having them mention punk tacos or, <laughs> right. like, you know, or, or just like, you know, shooting the breeze about like, uh, you, you know, what happened at celebrity fun center, uh, you know, or whatever, <laughs> like, it, like all this type of stuff that, uh, you know, cause it's, Really, it's like, you know, we're, we're all local of the station, which is wild. You know, it's like I, I kind of feel like you bump in a fewer and fewer Colorado natives, uh, you know, in the state the, uh, over, you know, more and more because there's so many transplants. And we're like our station is like 100 percent, you know, which is totally wild. Yeah. It, well, and it's remarkable to me, too, because I wanted to bring this up to you and wanted to ask you how unique the sound of KTCL is compared to other either iHeart stations across the country or just other markets because I lived in Houston for a year and that was just kind of a wasteland of radio for me, like in terms of my taste. My my friend has a joke because he lives down there and he's like, look, Dean and Rod are still down here, <laughs> which yeah. I grew up listening to. And, I love Dean and Rod. <laughs> and he's like, but seriously, they'll be doing the birthday scam long until long after we're all dead. <laughs> And so, unchanged. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, it's it's the same Dean and Raj because I listen to it like when whenever I'm in a rental car or somewhere new, I always try and listen to like local radio just to get a flavor for what people are into. So, yeah. what's your sense for how unique is KTCL versus other parts of the country? Are there stations like it, or are you guys fairly unique? Well, just to address Houston real fast. Um, they've got the buzz out there. That would be like the closest station to TCL in Houston. I remember uh, it. But yeah, and uh, uh, Elliot, or not Elliot, um, I'm sorry, Rod, uh, uh, Rod Ryan in the morning. And uh, and he's a fantastic jock. He's a great personality. And then if, I think they've got like a classic hits or something like that, which I think is where Dean and Rod are, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the buzz couldn't be for um, KTCL without being in a different format. It's like that's okay. the, the polar opposite end of alternative rock. Like really, they play a lot of Breaking Benjamin and I think like a, an occasional like Five Finger Death Punch song. I wouldn't be surprised if they got some Metallica in there. And they kind of cover all the bases. And like but there's so few rock stations in Houston yeah. that they kind of can cover that that area. And they don't get into new music very much either. They're like, they um, they have maybe half the new songs we do in rotation. Um, and it's, I, I talk a lot to Elliot Wood who programs that station. And, and it's, it's always like, we, we look at each other like from, we're from different planets. <laughs> it's like the, the goals are different. Like the sound is different. The audience is different. Everything is different about these two stations. And like, and, you know, and I love the guy, and he's brilliant, and like, uh, and I can't fault his decisions when he explains them. You know, but like they're in such a different situation, and um, and uh, and it's just like, and when they get feedback from their audience, it says, "Well, I don't want to hear anything new, and I want it to rock, and all this stuff." And right. our audience is just not that way. So we're, uh, as far as the overall landscape of alternative rock we're uh, a very pop leaning female friendly alternative station and w one thing that makes us a little different is that we like to really go out on a limb and uh and look for uh you know kind of unbroken artists artists that are like uh local or unsigned or totally. you know on a very small indie label and uh kind of i, I mean because why wouldn't you, for one reason, uh, but for another reason is like long-term branding. If we introduced you to a band, it endears us to you as a, as you know, part of your community, as part of your culture, and like it makes us matter to people. Oh, totally. And like, and that's and like, if you look at that as like kind of long-term marketing, long-term brand loyalty, you know, that would be a very corporate way of saying like. I get out of bed every morning wanting to introduce bands to people. You know, that's that's what I want to do. That's why I became a DJ. That's why I became a program director. And you know, and it's it's the most fun thing I do with my my life. You know, so like th that is kind of one thing that sets us apart. And so we're known for like uh, being first to something and having it go huge. A AJR is a good like recent example. Oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, that great and, 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 band like, too. Yeah, and, and and like and it's just 
it's interesting because, like, you know, a lot of uh, stations like, or, you know, program directors asking, like, where do you even find this stuff? And I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they probably sent it to you, but you, like, go through <laughs> your email really fast and you don't, like, you know, and if it's not from a major label, you listen to it maybe or you wait for somebody to call you and ask if you've heard it and stuff. I'm like, uh, that's my favorite part of the day is listening to all the stuff that just came in, you know. It's like uh, it's, I, I want to explore that stuff. It's kind of why I got into this gig. So, like, as far as TCL sound, we, we have these, like, random things. We still play Rooney sometimes, and, like, right. I, I didn't realize that nobody else in the country had ever played Rooney, you know? <laughs> it was like, that was, that's a big rarity, and I didn't know that, because it, it was good, so I put it on the air, you know? It was kind of like, or Music Nerd said that it was good, and I put it on the air. You know, and, and things like that. It's like, I don't care where it came from. If people like it, and they want it, I'm going to get it to them, you know? And uh, and it's made us a really healthy radio station. In fact, uh, we're the number one rated alternative rock station in the country, and it's been pretty consistently for the last five or six years. God, that's awesome. So you're number one alternative rock station in the country. Where do you guys fall these days in the Denver market overall? It's usually split up into demos, right? So 18 to 34 is a kind of a major demo. 25 to 54 is like the, the demo where you kind of make the most money, you know, because those are the people that people want to sell to. Uh, and then six plus is overall. And six plus gets a little cloudy because you could have like no listeners under the age of 70 and be number one six plus. <laughs> right. Like we, uh, we usually end up uh, number one, 18 to 34, number one, 25, 54. 18 to 49 is also kind of a weird demo that people talk about a little bit. Uh, but like, uh, and that for some reason lately we haven't been number one. You'd think since it kind of combines the other two that we would, but, uh, for some reason we were like, you know, two or three in that demo. Hmm. And then, uh, we have had records, uh, I believe it was done at three times where we were number one, 18 to 34, 25, 54, and six plus, uh, which is like all three of the major demos, the trifecta. And uh, I kind of I took everybody on a retreat, gave them all plaques, you know, like it was it's a big deal because there's very few radio stations uh, in, you know, the current ratings history and the people in the world who have done that. Yeah. Uh, so that feels really good. Well, and it certainly speaks to the vision that you kind of created, you know, making yourself local and vital and introducing people to new music. They'll keep coming back to you, whereas to, to use the example for the buzz, I mean, that you're right. That's an entirely different market. I don't want to hear anything new. Just play the stuff that I like. With something yeah. like that, though, you know you can dip in and out of it. And it, it's not like something that's going to feed this appetite that you have. It's just something where you can kind of check the box once in a while, or at least that's the way it strikes me. You know, yeah. Whereas, well, they've got a compelling morning show too. Uh, like I said, Rod Ryan is like he's awesome, man. He's, well, sure. he's very local. He wins that with the the way we win with locality. He wins with locality too. It's like he picks up a phone call and somebody's like, yeah, I'm a, like the East Side of Sugarland or whatever, and he's like, and and he knows he's like, oh, what are you doing? You going to this restaurant here? And like, <laughs> right. and they're like, they're like, yeah, I am, man. Got takeout, you know, and whatever, and like, and so it's like he knows that place and it, he's part of the community and. And I think that's how he went. The rest of the station doesn't do anywhere near as well as he does. And I think it's because that, that, that kind of locality dissipates the rest of the day. For me, it's like I, I always say, it's like since Anchorman, there's no being above your community. You're not kind of a big <laughs> deal in mass media anymore. You know, it's like it, you've got to be part of the community you know, rather yeah. than like, you know, looking down on it. And so it's like uh, I kind of feel like if you don't, act like you're, you know, a regular Colorado citizen, then like, you know, you're, you're, uh, you just don't sound like you're in the room with people, you know, you don't no, sound exactly. like you're, you're one of their tribe. And, and so they show you no loyalty. Well, and for as much as like, I have satellite radio in my car and as much as I sort of enjoy it, like there's, there's just an element missing from it. There's something antiseptic about it. Like, you know, yeah. you know, it's voice tracked, you know, it's from some other part in the country and like you're just missing something and probably my favorite station on there is alt nation for obvious reasons. And I think they do a great job and they have a jock on there named Madison who is one of my favorite jocks. And she like makes up for that by being amazing on Twitter. And so huh. like, you know, radio is one of those things where probably right now, as we're recording this, someone's writing a think piece about how terrestrial radio is dead. <laughs> and, right. <laughs> 
And I mean, I've been reading that for 20 years at this point, and it, it never has happened. And I think you guys are kind of an example of why terrestrial radio can never, ever fully go away, because there's two reasons to me. One, you can't get any more local than that um, in the audio yeah. format. And secondly, I say audio is the most intimate medium there is because you have to engage people's imaginations in a way that visual robs them of. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think there are I, – I think it's, uh, like to, to get to the point of uh, terrestrial radio can never die, I, I would say there is probably ways you can kill it. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Like, uh, like uh, you know, and I kind of feel I worry that uh, um, that you know we're not treating it the way we should, and that like uh, that that there aren't enough uh, stations going for that kind of part of the community vibe, uh, and that they're you know they're sounding more and more antiseptic like Sirius and XM, uh, but with commercials and with uh, you, you know. Uh, maybe jocks that aren't quite as as active uh, on Twitter and and whatever they're not they're not pulling it off like uh, Alt Nation does right. in its own way, but they're not also picking up the local ball either. So it's like kind of they're they're stuck in between and they're you know gonna suffer for it. Right. They're um, they're neither fish nor fowl at that point. Right. Exactly. And the, and it's like so I, I kind of feel like you know there there are ways to to mess it up and. And I hate to see people do it. Uh, and I've, my role with the company uh, hasn't been lately as much, but they'll kind of stick me on a, a station and have me listen to it for a long time and then, like, yeah, give them a bunch of notes. And, and by a bunch of notes, I mean, like, a 32-page document to fill out of, uh, of oh, you know, uh, analysis on this radio station. And, and a, a lot of what comes up that I'll ding a radio station for is, like, jocks just kind of reading a prep sheet, you know, and yeah. there's – and, and it and it gets a little sad and gross when you like when you feel like everybody's reading the same prep sheet. You know, it's like uh, uh, I feel like you can go across a dial in some markets and like go, oh, you know, like uh, it's like hey, it's the the end. And uh, did you know pandas can get a sunburn? And then you just click over like hey, it's the beat. <laughs> did you know pandas can get a sunburn? And like <laughs> you're like oh my god, it's like these bullet points that have nothing to do with anything. You know, and it's it's almost like clickbait or like uh our company's kind of guilty of this and a lot of companies are of really trying to push their digital assets their websites and uh and and like incentivizing their personalities to to really drive a lot of traffic to them which is i I get that pursuit but uh one of the things one of the traps you can fall into as a personality is uh thinking more about your page uh on the website than you are about your air product and I, I'll hear people just like basically listing off or like doing a break, uh, almost every break about something they just posted on their website, on their webpage, on oh, the station site. And so it's like, so, and it's all this clickbaity garbage that, you know, if you're in your car, you're a long way from the internet. You know, it's like you're not going to be <laughs> like surfing this stuff online. And it's like, why are, why are our ratings down when this jock is like number one in the, in the building for, for clicks? I'm like it's because you know he's getting everybody at their desk and getting a lot of clicks, but it's unlistenable on the air, you know. And so I've uh, I've definitely caught a lot of stations doing that stuff, and and I kind of feel like you know that's that's along the lines of stuff that will uh, will kill radio. No, <laughs> I think that's well stated because even when I was doing my show, just at KCSU, just college radio, right? I mean, but I mean. To be fair, like a CMJ flagship, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, oh, yeah. Great station. Yeah, one of the best college radio stations in the country, I think, even to this day. I put a lot of work into my show, and, like, we all did, which is why that became such a farm system for, like, commercial radio. So many of those folks went on to, to work. I don't know. Like, do you know Mike Santos? Who, oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I, I thought I remembered Mikey uh, mentioning that he knew you. But, I mean, he, you know, he was working for Carson Daly. And now he's doing like big time morning shows down in Australia. Yeah, and totally. I mean, and so he took so much pride in what he did, and we all did, and we all wrote our shows. Like we all came up with segments and bits and things like that. And it's like, look, you're you're not just here to introduce bands. You're you're here to be a part of people's lives. Right. And I I, I think you're right. And if you're missing that ingredient out of I don't know, dereliction of duty or laziness or just 
you know, not not thinking about things uh, with the level of depth and nuance that you should, yeah, you've missed a major opportunity here because there's nothing like it, and you can't. I think you're right. I think you can kill it. Uh, I'll revise my yeah. previous statement. <laughs> I mean, like it still plays some a role in people's lives, and as long as it's uh, it, it's meaningful, then you know people will continue to use it because it's so easy, man. I mean, the radio, it's like. It's like tap water, you know. Right. It's like you're going to use it. It's right there. It's hot and cold running radio. You know, it's like it's always on. It's like tap water. It's right there. That what a great slogan yeah. for radio. <laughs> it's kind of Taoist in a way, uh, but yeah. Um, <laughs> but like, I, I kind of always feel like it's like you know the technology is is so on our side really it's like there's there's new gadgets that are not as easy to use and not as easy to uh to get or more expensive to get so it's like it's really your game to win or lose if you do it right and and i i kind of feel like you know every car still has a radio in it i guess what's i think i, I might have read somewhere that there are some models of cars being built without radios now which is a little disturbing, but uh, sure. um, you know, but they they are built with probably iHeartRadio, so they can probably get the stations anyway. But um, but I mean, like like I said, it's so cheap and easy. It's like, and the transmitters are broadcasting. You might as well have a, a little component in the car that receives it. You know, it's like, why wouldn't you? It's, so yeah, it's free. It's uh, right know, there. I yep. think. But yeah, no, I I think that uh, that you you almost have to try to ruin radio. You know, totally. I'm a big fan of the movie Empire Records. I imagine you are too. Yeah. Um, it's so funny watching that movie today. And the fear in that movie was that their little independent record store was going to get bought out by Music Town, the big corporate chain, right? Right. And so when I was at KCSU, I had a little bit of self-righteousness about what I called corporate radio, right? Uh-huh. And we had in one of my communications classes, we had a guy who worked for Clear Channel, you know, iHeart's previous moniker. He came and talked to us, and I just I asked him every like shitty, mean spirited question I could think of. Um, <laughs> and, so, why do you hate music so much? <laughs> yeah, and he gave me a bunch of stats about you know why Clear Channel wasn't as bad, and you know like on and on, and it, like he nice guy, but I, I walked away from that feeling like really you know good, like my punk rock ethos, you know support local man, non corporate. And what's funny though is. In terms of Empire Records and radio, the enemy is not what we thought it was going to be. You know, in, in terms of music stores, the internet really did a number on all sort of brick-and-mortar music stores. Um, I think the vinyl revolution is helping. But when it comes to radio, you know, things like Pandora and, you know, everyone thought satellite radio would be the death of it. But that never that never caught on the way that I think everyone expected it to. Um, right. you know, what, what's your take on, you know, you mentioned it's like tap water, but what's your take on terrestrial radio's place in the world in 2020? Well, I kind of feel like you mentioned Pandora, like I kind of feel like Pandora is like kind of, is a little bit, I hate to even call it radio. It's like, oh no, 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 algorithm, no, really? no, absolutely. You're right. But the point is where people are finding music. And so like Pandora is frustrating <laughs> to me because it gives me a never ending conveyor belt of stuff I already like. And it's like, I can yeah. just go in my iTunes library if I really need that. Well, you know how, like, all right, so uh, what movie was it? I want to say it's a Steve Martin where he plays, like, a gangster. Oh, uh, My Blue Heaven? He a, yeah, My Blue Heaven. He says something about, like, everybody thinks they have a sense of humor, right? <laughs> and, and, like, you know, but, uh, but not everybody really does. And, like, everybody also thinks that they like music and like and uh, like everybody you won't you never find anybody that says like oh no i'm not into music you know it's like everybody's into music it's like kind of part of the human condition so everybody thinks that anyway and like you know then they like you, some of these people could not name two bands you know like uh, uh but right. like are quote unquote into music i kind of feel like pandora is perfect for those people it, it's like it's <laughs> you you know you're gonna get exposed to something only if you know very little <laughs> you know? and, uh, and, that's, and that's fine you know it's like I, I, like not everybody is an olympic athlete of music or whatever it's like uh um so like i i'm glad it's there for those people and stuff and, and radio is not i i don't want to get too high and mighty because it's like uh uh you know radio doesn't go really all that deep it's like 
uh, you get into, you know, some genres of, uh, like, well, I mean, satellite pieces there. It's like uh, uh, Regan, the guy that programs All Nation, I'm jealous all the time because he can add a bunch more new music than I can. He doesn't have any commercials. Oh, totally. It doesn't doesn't have ratings to account for. Like, uh, you know, it's like he's he's got a little bit more liberty. Doesn't have to worry about the success of the station as much. Right, and he's so got he can, uh, he's got advanced placement like this this thing where, like, it's for music super users. You're right. Where like yeah. for this half hour hour or whatever it was, you know, it's like th- we're giving you nothing but new stuff. And to a certain type of person out there, that's wildly appealing. For most people, they go, "Oh God, no thanks." Yeah, oh yeah, totally. Or or they think it's appealing, and then they listen to it for like two seconds and tune out, and don't even realize they did. You know, it's like, a, <laughs> so like, you know, I, I like. There's a lot of that, you know, and like, so anyway, so where I see us in the landscape is like, there's a spectrum, you know. It's like a uh, from one end you got Pandora that's like just like you know I don't care I've I've heard music it's good, uh, and then like a uh, then you've got maybe a few of the other like. Uh, algorithmic streaming services uh, along the way. Spotify is kind of nice because it does that and it does, you can dig real deep into it. But, right. you know, you get you get too into like, especially with punk rock, this is some of the stuff that I really uh, love that isn't even on Spotify. And it's like, uh, it, because, you know, the people that, you know, managed the band were in the band, uh, even the label for the band, if they, if they ever actually had one, uh, have like quit music and gone on to other things and it's like you can't even find that stuff anymore so it's like then you get into like digging through discogs and like going through you know classic vinyl and stuff like that and you can go so deep that it is like bore most people to tears just to talk about it right then great uh, you, you I, turn I into you like this podcast uh turned out a punk with damian abrams okay. uh he's the uh the lead singer of the band fucked up oh yeah 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 and he is the craziest punk rock music nerd you've ever heard. Like, <laughs> crazy record collector, like, knows every band. There's no stumping him. And it's, a, uh, and it's incredible. Uh, and it's, I, I've heard about a lot of bands that I wasn't aware of through this podcast, and it's great. Turned out a punk, highly recommended. That's like the other end of the spectrum where, like, you have to find things that have been out of the press for ages, because you're that into it and digging to the bottom of the music you <laughs> right. know, or the back of the music spectrum, you know, whatever. And it's like, so it, it's like radio's in the, in the middle somewhere. I would say it's probably a little closer to Pantera, uh, Pantera, Pandora than, uh, than it is to, you know, like uh, the hardcore punk record collectors of the world. But, you know, it's, it's also, like I said, very convenient. And if you do it right, it still can expose you to new things. You know, it's like, right, uh, right. uh, there's like, if you, if you're opening your mail as a programmer, you can still find things that people haven't heard before and put it in front of them and maybe introduce them to their next favorite band. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, like make war for me. Uh, yeah, totally. Which, yeah, which was great. I mean, I, I remember just in my little slice of, of radio, you know, the corner of the earth that I had. Um, people would be like, yeah, I've never heard this band before. This band is great. And, and they'd like call me and thank me for it. And dude, that was so rewarding because radio is very strange in that you're talking to a lot of people, but also no one. (laughs) It is. Yeah. Yeah. Every once in a while, it like dawns on me that there might be like 70,000 people listening to you at a time, you know, at a, at a big station. And you're just like, wow, that's, that's Sports Authority Field a mile high. <laughs> yeah, and I, I'm talking to them, and, and like, but I'm alone here in this studio in the dark, right. basically talking to myself. Yeah, totally. Yeah, it's funny. I like if people talk. I, for some reason, public speaking has come up a lot lately, and uh, and and like people having anxiety about it, and uh, and I was saying that like it's interesting. I'll, I'll talk to. I'll go on stage at Fiddler's. 17,000 people do a stage announcement and like just be chomping at the bit to do it. I love it. I love getting on a stage. I love hyping a crowd. I love doing all that stuff. You know, no problem whatsoever. But like standing in front of other program directors and speaking, even like <laughs> a, a small room of them was like, you know, so much more nerve wracking. I'm like, they are air checking me right now. They are judging me. <laughs> it's like they're thinking what they would have said differently. Like, you know, I'm just like, oh, this is. 
this is terrifying by comparison, you know. They're air checking me. Like, <laughs> great use of radio jargon there. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, uh, like uh, air checks are fun. Like, they're like, what's the big deal? You just go over your shift, and I'm like, well, it, it's it's kind of like that. But if you if you let it seep into another part of your brain and your psyche, they're criticizing your. They're judging you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the most rudimentary form they're judging you, and it's like uh, that's that that can be hard. I mean, you develop a thick skin. I'm sure you know. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, like, and you quick. It's like you know, you wouldn't stay in radio very long if like air checking bothered you too much. But and I got to say, I take pride in the fact that when I air check my jocks, that like uh, we we try and have fun with it, and like you know, and and make it not such a brow beating, you know. Oh, totally. I mean, I do public speaking coaching for a living. Uh, as as part of my portfolio of services and you know people will come in and they're giving a presentation you're filming them and they have to watch it back and you're pointing out things like you know hey maybe you could have done this better or you know here's an opportunity to do such and such i always present it that way like it's it's always like here's here's how you optimize this you know here's what you did which is fine which is good yeah. if you want to level it up and you want to make it really yeah. sing and soar here's how you do it. Like, here's what you might think about next time you have this kind of opportunity or transition or whatever. Yeah, totally. So, okay. That's definitely the way to do it for sure. So, okay. I know, uh, I know you got a ton cooking right now. So, uh, I'm going to ask you some more uh, kind of rapid fire style questions here. Um, lightning round. That's right. Lightning round. I think I know this from reading your bio, but what band would you say you've seen the most live? Uh, yeah, probably bad religion. Yeah, like uh, um, the all-time faves. So sad to me that they just had a show canceled at the end of this month. And yeah. like, uh, I'm like uh, with Alkaline Trio too, who I also love. But yeah, no, I've I've seen Bad Religion, and I think like about six or seven different states. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I like uh, you know, I've uh, I've definitely seen a lot of their shows. Mine is the Mad Caddies. Ooh, that's pretty sweet too, though. Yeah, great shows. Um, and I finally got to interview Chuck. Uh, I think it was last year, maybe the year before, but uh, great guy, too. That's cool. What's your favorite show that you've been a part of promoting? Do you have one? Yeah. I mean, Kegs and Eggs is so gratifying. Another show canceled just recently. Yeah. Uh, um, but Kegs and Eggs is really gratifying because we uh, we put it on all ourselves. I mean, it's like we hire the uh, front of house and monitors people ourselves. We don't go through a promoter at all, and it's uh, and it's just so crazy that it's like 7 a.m. and these people are stumbling into this bar and like you know and just ripping it up. And we broadcast it on the air, which is kind of rare these days. Uh, and like, and it's there's so many moving parts to it, and so much that has to get done. Um, that it's it's a lot of work it's excruciating uh but at the same time it's like you really feel like you did something at the end of cakes and eggs that is always my most justified feeling drunk uh of the year <laughs> <laughs> and uh by the end of it you know it's like you kind of feel like you had a baby and uh, uh but you don't yeah. have to worry about uh pumping and dumping you can start drinking and go crazy and and uh you know and it's it's awesome uh do you, do you have a favorite year my Man, uh, there's the, my favorite years that really stood out. The uh, Goldfinger year was really fantastic. That was a great one. I just saw them at the play. Gothic. They uh, and uh, and they yeah. sold out. Were you at that show? I wasn't. I didn't make it. That show was tremendous, and I think even Goldfinger was surprised they sold out in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Feldman's done so much other stuff now. It's oh like, yeah, you know he's like. He's like he barely cares about Goldfinger anymore, so it's like he's probably shocked that anybody does. <laughs> but like, uh, um, but yeah, I know that was a big year. A Walt Nation in Breeze, Carolina, was a big year. Uh, um, oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that one stood out. And uh, you know, I, Nathaniel Rayless and the Night Sweats. Like, there's another one that I'm really proud of having uh, been the first two, and and uh, and you know that they, they played Kegs and Eggs too. Kind of like makes. It cements the history between the station and the band and stuff, and and they uh, they were fantastic. Just such great drinking music, you know. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Do you have a favorite show you've attended that you were not a part of promoting? You know, uh, I guess I, I'll go large size and small size. I give you one of the uh, one of each. Because yeah, perfect. 
you know. Uh, they're oh, yeah, so no, they're very different. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I saw in like 2003, I saw Beck, and the two opening bands were Dashboard Confessional and the Black Keys. Wow. So, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, it was a wild show. Yeah, so upside down, too, you know? Oh, it's <laughs> crazy. <laughs> totally. <laughs> well, all right, so my favorite large show, there's a festival in Austin called Fun, Fun, Fun Fest. Mm-hmm. And uh, Bad Religion played right after Guar. I, I mean, like, <laughs> it, and I got to I got to interview Guar and that thing, and like you know, we did a bunch of interviews at that show. Uh, and between the fun I had backstage and the fun I had, oh, uh, uh, the Descendants got back together. I think that was one of their first shows when they started playing gigs again. Uh, and it and it was just a well done festival, really cool, uh, and so many amazing bands. Everybody from P Lander Z, who you should look up. Uh, to like, uh, you know, Bad Religion Guar descendants and like some great punk and metal and cool stuff. And like, uh, and that, that was probably my favorite big show. Okay. Quick uh, shout out. Quick shout out. Rest in peace. Odorous Arungus. Yeah. Yeah. My, uh, bassist in one of my old bands, uh, Jody, he, uh, he used to do Guar's website. And so I met Dave, uh, like, uh, before a Guar show and had a few beers with him before, uh, hitting the Ogden that night. And, and uh yeah, it was crazy to yeah. uh, to hear of his passing. I was just like unbelievable. Um and such a normal dude, you would not believe, man. <laughs> he was like on the phone with his girlfriend, well, didn't call a different plumber. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's gotta get done, Lisa, you know. I mean, come on. And like <laughs> and like and then he's up on stage chopping Hitler's head off with a battle axe, you know, like <laughs> throwing throwing blood and urine on the sex slaves, like yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, and uh, and as far as small shows go, uh, oh man, this might be a neck and neck tie at the same venue. But like, uh, either Gogol Bordello at the Larimer Lounge, uh, which was insane. I've still got a scar on my leg that I don't know how it oh. got there. And uh, and then Death Grips at the Larimer Lounge. Mm. Uh, two just like intense experiences. Totally different vibes different types of music but also probably both bands in a category of one you know like uh, oh, uh totally as as just, you know, unique bands uh, like my head was just buzzing for the next like week about like you know that experience and like and the, those small shows can just leave an imprint on your soul you know oh yeah for sure i i remember the first time i ever saw face to face was at the ogden and listen to those murderers row of opening bands it was alkaline trio Saves the day and newfound glory, and, Man, and so, I know. And so that was like fall of two thousand, and I thought, wow, is every show like this? And then I saw face to face again, and the opening bands were Midtown, The Movie Life, and Thrice. And and then like the third time I saw face to face, My Chemical Romance was opening for them. And oh my god, I'm like, how do you guys pick these opening bands? Like, you, you're better at it than anyone. So. Yeah, yeah, their agent is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no joke. Um, all right, well, uh, I'm going to let you go because I know, like, I, you're trying to get the home studio set up, uh, and people need their punk tacos, and they need KTCL. Um, I didn't tell you this when we started, but this was, uh, or this is the sixth anniversary show of the John of All Trades podcast, and the reason I wanted wow. it to be you is because I love what you do, I'm grateful for KTCL. I'm intensely grateful for Punk Tacos. And anytime I can talk radio, punk rock, and, you know, burgers and whatever else that came up during this show, uh, I'm happiest. And so thank you for being a part of it, and thank you for doing what you do. Anytime you need a opinion on burgers from a vegetarian, you just call <laughs> me, buddy. All right, perfect. Here's where we do plugs real quick. Where can people find you, uh, get in touch with you? Whatever you want to plug, do it now. Sure. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Nerf933, Twitter, DJ Nerf, and uh, KTCL.com is our website. Uh, and you can stream us there, too. And stream Punk Tacos, you can either just Google it, or you can go to iHeartRadio and uh, type in Punk Tacos, or ask Alexa for Punk Tacos on iHeartRadio, and same with KTCL. And so, yeah, listen up. Awesome. Nerf, this was an enormous pleasure. Huge thrill. You're a great dude. Thank you for doing what you do, and uh, continued success to you, my man. Dude, John, the pleasure was all mine, and I am going to dig into your podcast like crazy, buddy. All right. Fantastic. Thanks, Nerf. All right. Thank you. 
And that's six years, baby. What a great show. What a great dude. After we finished the conversation, I talked to him a little bit on the phone following that. He said, hey, you know what, John? Next time you're at a show, text me. Let's get together. I'll buy you a beer. And I thought, what a cool guy. And what a cool way of capping this show. And so I make this promise to you. If I've touched you in some way, if you've enjoyed this show, next time we're out, tell me that. And I will buy you a beer. Because that's what this show is about. Once we're all connecting in real life again, let's connect in person. I'm happy to do this for you here. I love bringing you this content, so keep sending your ideas to me. You can send them to john at deftcom.us, J-O-N at D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Speaking of Deft, that's my company. Deft Communications is the producer of this show. I've got three others I'm producing right now. I'm happy to produce more. You've got an organization that needs to connect with people remotely. A podcast is a great way of getting info out in an interesting and entertaining fashion. So hit me up, D-E-F-T-C-O-M dot U-S. Also hit me up on social, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat, Pinterest, and Instagram, all under the same handle, across platforms, J-O-A-T pod. I'm back to a more normal schedule next week. I've got a ton of guests already booked. I've got think two episodes already in the hopper and i hope you're out there staying safe staying healthy keeping yourself sane and wherever you are i adore you i thank you i can't wait to hear you again say good night crazy that's good johnny